I'm Kim Cutable, an author, producer, and entrepreneur. Voice Lessons is a podcast about what, why, and how women create and the way that they lead. According to a study by the National Institute for Health Research, women in the United States are twice as stressed as men. That's because we register stressful events more strongly than men do, and we react differently, both physically and mentally. We also carry the bulk of family responsibilities, child care, and elder care, all the while working to grow and profit from our businesses. I spoke with Dr. Eris Humer Winans, the founder of Face It, a company that is changing the face of mental health through in person and online therapy and coaching sessions, about the ways that women entrepreneurs can deal with stress, and one of the biggest challenges that impact women entrepreneurs who are making change. Hi, I'm Dr. Eris, and this is a lesson on self care. What is your earliest memory of being creative? I know. I love that question. You know, when you ask me if I'm creative, like my initial instinct is I'm not creative at all because I have a family of artists. My sister's an artist. My mom is an artist. My aunt is an artist. And my husband is an artist. And he's an incredible artist. So I don't find when I see creativity or I hear creativity, I initially will link that to being creative but actually like I I am creative in my own way and so the thing that pops to mind for me first is when I was in eighth grade I had an idea to have a tv show on air called kids news first and I wrote the proposal for oh my god for this to happen on the Disney Channel. And I literally sent it to Michael Eisenberg in eighth grade. And he got it. And then he had sent it to Jeffrey Katzenberg, who sent it to his assistant, Mike Nichols, who then um, gave me, instead of Kids News First TV show, they gave me an internship at the Mickey Mouse Club. (gasps) Um, but still, oh my God, that's awesome. Before like kids news was even out there and happening, I had made that happen for myself. And I always envisioned myself as a journalist. I wanted to be a journalist. I started watching the news when I was in third grade. So I was always interested in journalism. And now I tie psychology into journalism. So that's, it's, I guess I am creative in a different kind of way, not like yeah. art but creative. But it is totally creative. So what is it about the news? Because the news terrifies me, quite frankly. So what is it about the news? I think that it's, and and that's a really good insight because a lot of our news nowadays, it's very fear-based, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I like information. I am like a sponge. I love knowledge. I like being informed and I like sharing the information. So I knew at a very early age that I wanted to be a journalist and then which is so interesting that I had, you know, gotten into every college. I started doing news when I was in college 
you know, college news stations of Florida Sunshine Network. I had different things. And then I moved to California and I got an internship at E! Entertainment Television. And I literally um, did that. I didn't like the news either. Mm-hmm. And I changed my focus. And then in my 20s, I was trying to find my way to where I am now with a Dr. Drugge in psychology. It's like, it feels like it's coming circle to me because it didn't have the depth that I wanted or the honesty that I wanted, you know, and now as I am older and smarter and I've gained life experience, I I like to share that, you know, share real information with the world. And that, I mean, it's part of the conversation that I want to have because women are dealing with so many stresses, entrepreneurs, women that are running their businesses, and there is a layer now that's added, if you work from home and you had some kind of sense of space to yourself, that space is invaded with the world events. Plus you kind of, even if you tuned off the world events, because many women I know really have filters when it comes to the news and how much they allow in, you have to pay attention (laughs) because you have to know when are my kids going back to school? You have to know, is my income going to be impacted for the next several months? And so what I wanted to talk about was the wellness and the coping strategies that people have for dealing with that. So you talk about in the way that you teach how people can, you know, manage their mindset and manage their emotional selves about being not okay, okay, and a-okay. And I think I'd like to define what not okay is. I'd like to define all of those because I don't know if not okay is obvious if you're trying to hold it together. This is so loaded and has so many layers. So let's go with it. Okay. It's very important to filter the time spent watching news, especially if anxiety prone, you're super sensitive, and you get shaken up with the world events, as we all do, because globally, we all feel a sense of anxiety, because there is so much unknown in the world right now. We don't know where things are going. And because we have all of this conflicting information from politics to the news, we don't always know necessarily what is accurate and not accurate. So we're having to wait until the facts come out. Out every day. So I feel that information is power. We do need to inform ourselves. Denying ourselves any information is a, is a sense of denial, which can cause even more like mental health issues. I so I think it's important for you to limit your news consumption to about 30 minutes a day is what my suggestion is. And then you have to be your own barometer as to how much that actually is for you, right? So, so self-care in this day and age is really important because you don't want to be all immersed in this anxiety provoking world with so many layers of sadness happening every single day right in front of our eyes right so um that's number one number two is interesting with the not okay okay and a-okay now we've been breaking the stigma for mental health and luckily for a while now, it's it's been out there. People are speaking more openly about their mental health issues. And here we have a time before COVID happened where I always like to look at the glass is half full. 
And then as you know, we build our model, my husband and I own a counseling company called Face It, and we talked about it, things being not okay, okay, and a-okay. And even pre-COVID, when people would say, how are you doing? And they'd be like, I'm okay. You know, it was kind of like, that's a bummer. Like, I want you to be a-okay. Hmm. Today, in the time that we're living, I think it's so important for us to acknowledge that it is okay to not be okay. Mm -hmm. It is okay for us just to be okay. Mm -hmm. It is okay. Like all of this is okay. If I am hurting, if I am anxious, if I am sad, if I am grieving, if I am depressed, if I am any of these things, it's okay. And it's the acknowledging that. It's acknowledging the fact that I'm either not okay or just okay, that I can then find hope to feeling better, which is an a-okay state of mind, which is definitely okay. The definition <laughs> is definitely okay. So I don't define a-okay as walking in the world like, oh my God, my life is perfect. I'm all together. I'm a-okay. I'm my best self right? It's more that I have a state of mind that allows me to look at the world and get through any obstacles that are coming in my way. What would be the top three strategies that women entrepreneurs in particular could use to move themselves to that other level? Well, women entrepreneurs are women and we're mm. all women. Right. So whether we're women entrepreneurs or not entrepreneurs, you know, we're just human beings. And so we all have to to stay in a good state of mind. We have to have self-care and be able to set boundaries to make sure that we are putting our self-care in place every day. So I always say that one of the number one things to stay in a good state of mind is moving your body every single day for at least 30 minutes, even if you don't want to. <laughs> creating space. <laughs> well, I'm just listening to that going, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm in the don't want to category yeah. right now. But yeah. I know. And that is what's so important to shift our mindset is moving our body. I'm not out exercising and in fresh air. I don't feel as good as I do to when I do get in fresh air and exercise. Now, I'm not saying you have to work out like you're training for a marathon or hardcore. It's moving my body so that I can feel better because I'm taking care of myself. I'm putting myself as a priority, right? So that is number one. And also moving your body shifts the endorphins in your brain. And right. it puts yourself in a good state of mind. So moving your body is super important. I think that that's a number one tip for us all to do. And then as a woman entrepreneur, you, I think putting boundaries in place for your self-care is also very important. Setting boundaries and following through with them. Not setting boundaries and making them as if they're threats that you don't intend to carry out, but boundaries. <laughs> So I want to jump in here because I, I do have clients who are dealing with, you know, that's fine. They might set the boundaries, but then there is so much mom guilt about actually claiming the time, like where you said putting in boundaries as a threat. And so they do feel guilty about, well, when I'm taking care of myself, I'm not being a good mom. I'm not actually, you know, holding my children's lives and 
joy at the highest level. What would you say to those moms? We have to rewire our brain. Number one, I mean, I'm a mom, I have a six and a half year old. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I love to work. I know that I, as a parent, I am here to be an example to my child on how I want them to be in the world. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's how I I am living by example behaviorally and what my behaviors are, what he sees me doing, what he sees my husband doing, how we communicate all of these things is how my son is becoming in the world, right? So I am teaching him how to become by how I am. So that's number one. Now, I, of course, you have mom guilt when you're working a lot, but there's reason why you're working a lot. You have to be true to yourself and honest with yourself and why you're doing that, what your purpose is behind that, right? And so I think that self-care and taking care of yourself needs to be number one. Like they say in the airplanes, put your, your mask on first before you do in your child. You have to take care of yourself and love yourself before you can ever love anybody else truthfully. You know, so I work a lot. I definitely work a lot. But my son looks at me not with resentment because when I spend time with him, it's quality time. You know, we are making sure that we are bonding together on certain things and we have a schedule together and we do things together that keeps that bond. So we do very special things with one another. What's the third? Self-care, boundaries, and then what would be the third tip? Structuring your day and knowing um, how it's going to play out is important. So then I created what we call a life lens. And we look through our life through these eight areas. And what they are are love, work, play, mind, body, home, soul, and give. Mm. So we look at these eight areas of our lives and make sure that we're nurturing all of them. Now, I don't believe in perfect balance because I know that there's no such thing. And one area might get a lot more attention, you know, and me as a business owner and an entrepreneur, and I love work. It's Mm. my highest values that my work area is always going to be more heavy loaded and higher and in a better place because I put so much time and energy into it. But I also have to make sure that when I'm doing work and spending a lot of time at work, that I am also nurturing my relationships, that I'm nurturing, you know, taking care of my body, that I'm taking care of my mind, that I'm taking care of my home, that I'm taking care of all of these areas in my life so that I'm not off balance. Do you think that women lead differently? I think we all are different people. I actually do this part of my methodology at my therapy company. I've created a whole therapeutic model that comes from, you know, a bunch of tips and tools that I've learned over the years. But one of the strongest ones that I have been using is called this process communication model. And what it does is it breaks people down into six different personality types, sister, harmonizer, imaginer, rebel, and promoter. And each personality type has different psychological needs. And each personality type 
walks in this world differently, walks into a room viewing things differently. So we all are different and we all have different needs. We all have different self-care needs based on how we need to be communicated to, how we communicate to others. You know, there's no one size fits formula. If you're, even if you're a mom and you have more than one kid, you can see how very different your two children are and how you need to communicate to them differently. So I don't look at life as like one little box. Right. So feminine leadership then is a no-go for you in terms of a term not not a no-go at all i just feel like us women we all lead differently based on our personalities and who we are neither might lead differently might be more heart centered right whereas a thinker might be leading with facts and information on the who what when where how and why a persister might lead from her values and her beliefs in how she views the world a rebel might be a spontaneous thinker and and be thinking out of the box so i think that each person each person is going to lead based on their view of the world and who they are so you you don't look at any sex differences between male and female at all. Saying as women, as people, you know, right. whether we're women or men, absolutely. You know, I, mean, I think that women, of course, you know, we've overcome, we're the minority, you know, we've come into the world and we fight differently. We have to prove ourselves differently. You know, we have to, you know, come overcome so many obstacles that are different, especially when we're working, you know, in corporations or putting ourselves out there. You know, of course, we view the world through a different lens than men. Absolutely. I'm just coming from the perspective of a personality type and how we would lead. You know, yeah. I think there's, there's so many different women out there that we all lead differently. Yep. Agreed. But from some of those things culturally that I think women, because I I do believe now is one of those times, and I look at things spiritually as well, when I believe women are called to lead. I believe there are so many problems in the world and we've been, we've had one sex pretty exclusively at the helm for so many years and we have so many problems that perhaps now it's time for an alternate approach and perspective. And so I'm, because this is a show about entrepreneurship and women and and the ideas that are born and you are a visionary, are there specific things that you think women can use outside of the tips we talked about? What are the things that come up over and over again for women as difficulties when they're dealing with the culture? when they're dealing with the being a woman yeah. in this time, being an entrepreneur that actually might be a disruptor. Mm-hmm. That I think is really important too, because your challenges are different because not only are you against the system as it were, or not against, but you're trying to revolutionize the system, but other women might not get what the heck you're doing because you're revolutionizing the system, which they might've benefited from. No, it's very true, right? Because as a woman, when you are a leader, 
and you are revolutionizing the system and you're putting yourself out there and and you're wanting to change the world depending on in what industry or on whatever level i think the number one thing that i see is women growing into their own strength finding their strength and their self esteem in believing in themselves and i see that as taking time and experience so if you have a vision and you want to do something as a leader and changing the world in whichever way you're wanting to it's like give yourself time for growth and experience and repetition and all of those things and once you do that you build that self esteem because that strength is what shines through because you want people to believe you you want people to believe in you you want people to believe in your message well they do that when you are speaking from a place of truth and experience and knowing right because you know it and that takes time so i see that as if if you're feeling insecure about yourself and you're not sure about yourself then you show your weakness right and and that's what people will see so so i see that what women need to work on self esteem are there ways that women can more confidently do that trust their own judgment yeah and then you also i yes and i want to to what you were saying earlier because I think this goes hand in hand with that because you were saying that there are other women out there that might be judging you that right. might be looking at you as a threat because you are a strong woman right. and you might we we talk about the big leap there's a great book called the big leap right and yep. Yep. So, hey, Hendrix love it yes it's a wonderful book and it talks about your upper limit problems and what might be stopping you in becoming your full potential Right. right and so we allow sometimes people around us to make us feel bad about our strengths and our mm -hmm. desires and our vision and all of these things so we play smaller and when mm -hmm. we play smaller we actually put ourselves into insecurity yeah you know like we're trying to fit in this box you know of what maybe what these other women are how they're living their lives or how right. we feel like we should be and we're living too big i think that you need you have an intuition you have a purpose you have something within you that wants you to do more so true to that and be honest with yourself and that takes time and practice it's like working out at the gym and you know, getting muscles it's like repetition practice and believing in yourself it takes time and then i think being confident with the fact that your vision might comparatively to somebody else make them feel i used to get this with my grandmother a lot of times when i was younger and I was starting to really come into my own success with my career and I could see her shrink when I talked about it. She didn't love it. And I could tell it wasn't because she wasn't proud of me, but I could tell it made her feel like less, you know, she just didn't love that part. And so I would be nervous then about speaking about my career in front of her because I didn't want her to feel pain. And I think that happens with women sometimes is that they, they don't want other women to feel bad for not sharing the same size vision. Yes, or or 
they, if they feel bad about themselves and they will make you feel bad about yourself. That's right. Comments to me too. Oh, you have a doctorate degree. Right. You're so smart. I'm just not as smart as you as a threat. Me feel like initially my instincts might be to play smaller, but right. I actually shouldn't be playing smaller. Right. I should stay true to myself. So we're then walking a threshold into discomfort when we feel yes. that way. And then over time, I think with experience that lessens and lessens. Because so you're saying it's just the practice. It's you're practice. saying it's just, it's just continue to show up as you are yourself and to not deny the expanse of your vision so that eventually you simply are. And I, I have a belief too, that you can't say the right thing to the wrong person or the wrong thing to the right person. So you might as well just be yourself. There's yes. no alternative. Yes. Well, yeah. you know, it's, it's life. You know, I, I mean, I can speak from my own experience of being pretty confident in my thirties, but then as I walked into my forties and now in my mid forties, I feel way more confident and that has right. nothing to do with anything other than living my life and experience and just becoming more of who I am over time. Right. And right. working on myself and self-reflection and learning from my you know, failings, if you even want to call them that, you know, or mistakes, if you even want to call them that, they're all lessons that I grow stronger through. Asked you to complete the sentence. My wish for every other woman is... Find your strengths to lead the world right now. Women definitely to lead step forward and put themselves out there because we definitely need more women in those positions our time you have all of the answers when you ask the right questions be visible speak your truth every other woman needs you to lead Voice Lessons is produced, written, and spoken by me, Kim Cutable. It's also produced and edited by Sergio Miranda and associate produced by Jessica Manalga. Our music was created by singer-songwriter Claire Hamill. You can find out when we post new episodes when you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, etc. And if you liked what you've heard, we would love it if you leave us a review. You can join our community at Facebook forward slash Voice Lessons Podcast to speak with me live after every episode is posted. And if you have a question or comment or want to suggest a guest, you can do it there. Or if you're on Instagram, tag us at Voice Lessons Podcast and use the hashtag LessonUp. For other inspiration, updates, and show notes, subscribe at VoiceLessonsPodcast.com.